All right, guys, y'all show some love to the sponsors of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. Our friend Keely Brown runs her family-owned HVAC Home and Commercial Services. Is your system ready for the summer? Schedule a system checkup or reprogram your thermostat. They offer residential and commercial, at home or at work. They really do what they say, and they say what they do. Our family serving your family has been their core value since day one. Their founder and owner, Mr. Robert Holland, made sure the foundation of Home and Commercial Services was and is integrity. Now, remember, Haley, we, we catered an event last December where he was a part of the group that we were feeding. But it was interesting to learn that when he was a young man, when he first started in the HVAC business, Mr. Holland actually got in trouble with, for not adding new parts that the people didn't need. And they were like, why didn't you sell the parts? And he was like, because I could fix them. And they were like, no, no, you're... you're you're doing it wrong. Like you just got to put new parts. And he was like, but they didn't need new parts. And it bugged him so much that he went out and started his own business. And that's the foundation of home and commercial services. And we can attest to that personally. I mean, they've done so much stuff for us. It's crazy. I love that story. And I think it speaks to obviously his integrity and what he's built his business on that integrity. Right now, the most economical service they offer is their annual residential service agreement. For $150, you'll get two annual checkups, and that's for one system. If if it's an additional system, it's 25% off. Anyways, the annual contract includes priority service, normal rates for after-hour service, 10% discount on any repairs, and a 5% discount on any new installations. It's a good deal especially with the heat of the summer coming. Home and Commercial Services works on all name brands of heating and air conditioning units, gas furnaces, heat pumps, walk-in coolers, and smart thermostats. No job is too big or too small. Call or text Keely at 205-798-0635. Or you can email at office at Holland hcs.com you can look up holland home and commercial services on instagram for daily tips and more or you can check out their website hollandhcs.com we have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast Lynn and Debbie Hurst, who own Hurst Towing and Recovery in Fultondale and Hayden, Alabama. They serve the Jefferson, Blunt, and surrounding counties. They tow light and heavy-duty vehicles, and they're always there to help. We wouldn't call anybody else. We would never call anybody else, and that's a fact. Would you like to work for an amazing company that treats their employees like family? The Hearst are hiring. Full and part-time positions. Give them a call today. Hearst Towing is there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've been in our area since January of 1987. They have a heart to serve and they love making an impact in the communities they grew up in. The Hearst definitely make a difference in our world. And they have definitely made a difference in our lives. Dispatchers are always ready to receive calls at 205-631-8697. That is 205-631-TOWS, T-O-W-S. <laughs> you, get, you get me every time I, with the toes. <laughs> <laughs> or check out their website at hearsttowing.com. Now, y'all know James from the podcast, but he also is an amazing cook and private chef. I can attest to that personally. I've had many years of experience in food, just working in, managing, and even owning a couple restaurants. One of his greatest passions is preparing delicious food. You know, if somebody's going through something or through a hard time and you don't know what to do, you can always cook for them. Or you can always call me and I'll cook for them. It's, it really, it's a it's a great way to love people. That journey started early in his beloved granny's kitchen. She was the one that, you know, was always cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She was a Southern belle. She made everything taste good, and I didn't always, sorry, Mom, get that at home. <laughs> but uh, granny taught me how to cook, and 
I've never looked back from that. James is a Fox 6 Good Day Alabama monthly contributor. It's one of the honors of my life. I love cooking on TV. I love hearing the feedback. I love going in there and having people email me and ask questions. It's just, it's fun. And his peanut butter cobbler recipe was featured on the Food Network show Carnival Eats. That was kind of a big deal. I mean, it was a... I don't like I got paid for it, but it was a lot of exposure and it was really fun. Head over to chefjameskjones.com to join our email list. Once you do that, you can stay updated on everything that we're doing. CrossFit Mophobia is owned and operated by Hayden Setzer. Hayden has a degree in exercise science and wellness with a minor in coaching. She is CrossFit Level 2 certified and Precision Nutrition Certified. CrossFit Mophobia is located at 222 Decatur Highway in Gardendale, Alabama. Email CrossFitMophobiaInfo at gmail.com or call or text 256-303-1873. Or you can look up everything she does on Facebook and Instagram. CrossFit Mophobia. It's time to get real. Real talk from a real married couple about real life. From fights and arguments... Raising kids, finances, dieting, get in my belly, religion. If it really happens in the real world, you'll really hear it right here. It's not the highlight reel, it's the for real reel. With your hosts who are keeping it real every day, James and Haley Jones. Well, hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the For Real Real. My name is James K. Jones, and this is what is really happening this week. And this is Haley Jones, and like he said, these are things that we would not put on our highlight reel. It's the For Real Real. So these are things that are really happening. So what is really happening? Uh, what's really happening with us, we are in a pressure cooker, it feels like, as far as, um, just to be honest, finances, we're in a crazy tough spot trying to figure out how to monetize this podcast thing and do what we think we're supposed to do but it is taking a toll on i guess everything our mind our emotions our biggest fears and it's also causing some problems in our marriage (laughs) imagine that well that about sums it up i was gonna say the way i've been describing it actually just this morning when a friend of mine texts and asks how we were doing, that we that she hadn't seen us in a while. I said, it feels like we're in this season that we're being squeezed. Oh, yes. That's what. A lot, <laughs> that's what a lot of squeezing going on. But I have to say, this morning, for the first time, probably, well, in a week, it goes up and down. But yeah. I just feel like, okay, I'm excited for what's going to come out of this season of squeezing. Yes, and we don't... <laughs> I feel like it got summed up for me really well. About a week ago, we had some friends over for dinner and some friends we haven't saw in a while. And the guy who's one of my guy friends, he said, well, how's it going? I was like, I'm scared to death with all this. You know, we're trying to do the podcast stuff and we've kind of pulled away from the other stuff we were doing. And I got to, you know, I got to pay my mortgage. I got to take care of my kids. And he was like, well, James, I've been listening to your podcast. It sounds like your whole life's been like that. So what are you worried about? <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> that's true. you have a point. That's true. I mean, I trust Jesus that he's always in control, always leading me. And But it just seems like in this season, it is going against everything that I'm wired to be. Because I'm more, you know, I need everything to be in place. I need the structure. I need, 
I guess, safety as far as finances. I want, I like to be a couple, three or four months ahead and we're not in that place right now. Yeah. So, well, let's kind of hone in a little bit on you mentioned, well, you mentioned all the things. So how's everybody else doing? But the whole marriage thing, because this has kind of been brewing, I think, with us for several months, I would say, because we, we've talked about for us, in order for us to do what we're doing now, which is sit across from each other and talk and in our basement <laughs> and also just, you know, tell a story and run a business together. That sounds kind of um, cheesy, but that's what we do. And there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of scheduling. There's a lot of communication that comes with that alongside the communication, you know, with the kids and all the other things. Yeah. And so we found ourselves in a place where I can't do what I do without you and you can't do what you do without me, which right. is, and I think it's good, but at the same time, it's 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 hard. <laughs> yeah, and so when our communication comes to this place that we just can't get past, you know, me being offended and hurt and James being aggravated, and yeah. it just feels like it felt like we we're going round and round and round and could never really move the ball forward. So, mm-hmm. gosh, is what a few months ago we uh, reached out. Well, you can tell the story how we got into this little like program or counseling or class or whatever you want to call it that we're doing right well, we're now. We were actually in church. And oh, we yeah. were walking in church. <laughs> and you were there was something about your demeanor. We had gotten an argument, I think, on Friday. And when we were walking in, you were just cynical towards me. Like I don't know. I just knew like something's up. Like either I've went too far, I've pissed her off. But because usually if you get mad at me, you don't hold grudges. I, I'm the grudge holder. You're not the grudge holder. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But it was like almost like you were getting cynical and kind of turning into me. <laughs> and because I'm usually the cynical one, you're the optimist. But uh, when we were walking in, I just was, I don't know, it was like Jesus pulled the blinders back from my eyes, like, what you're doing. It's not working, and it's affecting her, and you need to do something about it. So I forget. You started crying during the service, and I knew it was because you were hurt at me or mad at me. And it was, wasn't like a moral failure or anything like that. It's just basically the way I talk to you because I'm when I need to get something done, I just want to get it done. And I just go round and round and round and round, and how can we get past this? And, you know, at our church, we go to <clears throat> excuse me, Church of the Highlands, they do— where you can go down and get prayed for every after every service. And I just looked up, and there's a friend of ours, Bob, standing there. And I said, I think we're supposed to go have him pray for us. And we went down there, and he was like, I think you were supposed to come to me because we've been doing this marriage counseling thing, and we think you need it. So <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then he, it was kind of funny because he was like trying to almost not trying to sell it to me, but like trying to explain. I said, no, no, you don't have to keep on. I, I, let's sign us up. Let's do it. And, you know, he said, well, there's some, you know, there's a financial obligation involved. Like, that's fine. You know, whatever we need to do, we need to do it. So we signed up for that. And what if we went to our third or fourth session? Yeah, so far third, I think we're on our fourth. And it has been—it's been really eye-opening. But it sometimes it's hard for me with stuff like this because we've done so much counseling, we've led so many marriage small groups, and we've worked with so many other couples going through their stuff. It's, it's like you—you you think you get to a place where you know this stuff, and you don't have to keep learning. But I'm starting to view marriage not as like a thing that you arrive at. 
it's like following Jesus. It's always a process. There's always more to learn. You can always go deeper, and you can always get better. So that's what we're doing now. We're getting better. It's awesome. And I'm going to just, from my perspective, how that went down, I don't know if any of you women, married or unmarried, really can relate to this, but what he described when we walked into that church that day that I was cynical, the way I would probably have described it is that I felt like my spirit was broken. Yeah. And that was hard. And I felt like I didn't, I started not to care, which I know is dangerous. I've heard, I heard someone say like years and years ago, like when you, when someone's still getting mad about something, yeah. there's still some passion there. You know, when you're arguing, that means that they, that they really care. And I was kind of getting to the point that I just didn't even care. I didn't want to argue, which, I felt was scary, but I didn't care. <laughs> She's done with me, guys. And now it's <laughs> done. I just, you. you just get tired, I think. I mean, any, you know, and it's not, it wasn't all his fault. So, I mean, that's definitely a place. I don't ever want you to be where you don't care. And I don't ever want to be where I don't care. That's a scary place to get to. So. Right. Well, like I just said, it wasn't all your fault, but we had just gotten into this pattern, this cycle, yeah. I think, that was going downward and we needed help to kind of break it so well the bottom line with all that in marriage in any relationship you always you always need help you never really arrive even yeah. if even if you're helping other people you never really you never really get there you always have to have people that you can be transparent with and allow you know to speak truth to you because it's like especially as a man it is easy to get to a place as a man where you say oh no i got it going on and I don't need you. I don't need your little <laughs> stuff. But it's not true. That's arrogance and really pride. And, you know, what happens when you have pride? You're always going to fall. And I don't yeah. want to fall. We'll be right back. Head over to our YouTube channel for recipes, podcasts, and now we're even live streaming stuff to give you guys real glimpses into our daily lives. Yikes. You'll also be able to see the podcast behind the scenes and unedited live streams. We've added the first five seasons of the Straight Out of Prison podcast, and even if you've listened to all of them, check out the video format to see pictures, behind the scenes, and a whole lot more. And while you're there, please hit the subscribe button. It won't cost you anything, but it does help us reach our goals to reach a larger audience. Look up Chef James K. Jones on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a recipe or a podcast. For exclusive content, download the Patreon app and look up Team Jones Media. You'll find many levels of subscriptions, but all levels have one feature. You'll get early access to all of our podcast platforms, and they're completely free from ads. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all your support, all your encouragement, and thank you for being a part of our story. So what's been your biggest takeaway? So, I mean, long story short, this has been really good for us. I mean, I have to say, I mean, I am I know people can relate to this because it feels like this is one thing we're doing, but in the midst of all this other, like you called it a pressure cooker, like yeah. I call it a squeeze, people come in, at, things come in from all sides. Every situation, like. yeah. So what's been your biggest takeaway with this um, counseling for us, for you personally? 
And then it I'll was cut mine. Probably some of the exercise they give you they give us exercises. And the first week he told me, looked at me, and this is a man and a woman, so it's not just we're getting the it's a husband and a wife doing the counseling with us. So we get like both takes on it. And he said, You have to learn how to cherish Haley. And so I was like, you know, that sounds cheesy. <laughs> But sounded cheesy to me too, actually. <laughs> yeah, you have to learn to cherish. So he challenged me to look up the definition of cherish and figure that out. And all I could think of was, you know, the I think it was a Cool in the Gang song from the eighties. Cherish the love we have. <laughs> you have we been singing that actually. Cherish the life <laughs> yeah. we live. I don't know. I'm trying to find a way to make myself do the thing that he asked me to do because I'm I can pick up a challenge and take it. But the first week, um, I think the first week I understood what the definition of cherish was not for you. Because, and I think most men think this way. Like if you want to show your wife that you love her, you want to make her feel loved, you do stuff for her. Like you cut the grass, you take out the trash, you help with the kids, you do all the things. And I think I found out that work. First, <laughs> yeah, you work, you do something. And that, that that is a component, I believe, of loving your wife is you do, you oh, for protect sure. her and care yeah. for her and provide all the things. But I think I realized for you, that's not your definition. And it took me back to a time, gosh, I don't even remember what year it was. It was three or four years ago. It was when the kids were, the, the boys were small. But we lived in our little small house, 1032 Alma Avenue. Mm-hmm. And the bathroom, it was just, the bathroom sucked. It was like straight out of 1981, and it was small. And it was our only bathroom. And you always, you didn't ever complain, but I knew you didn't like the bathroom. And we didn't have, we weren't in a place where we had finance. We didn't have a lot of money. We couldn't, like, call somebody to come remodel the bathroom. So I took a week off of work to gut the bathroom and remodel it for you. And then you did it. But I, I made the plan. I told you it's going to be a lot of work, but you're just going to have to let me do the work. Well, what I thought would take me two days, three days max, ended up taking me a full seven days, really six days, to finish. And I literally woke up in the morning, had my coffee, and worked all day until I was done because I was having to run out to the garage. We had a separate garage, having to run out and cut wood and come back. And it was just a back and forth. And Also, let me just paint this <clears throat> visual picture of the reality of an 800-square-foot house. Yeah. Three small kids, <laughs> one bathroom. Mm-hmm. So we're all having to use the bathroom in between. I mean, this is a bathroom that, like, you and I can barely fit in together. Yeah. Like, we can't be it's a small bathroom. at the same time. So, you know, it's a lot. I mean, any of... You guys who have kids and small kids, like toddlers, infants. It was starting and stopping, start, but I felt like I couldn't get the work done because every time I got going, I had to stop. And then, you know, you were taking care of the kids, putting them to bed, all the things, and I was working. I think I was working all the daylight hours into the night, like trying to get done. <laughs> and when we got to like the fourth or fifth day, I noticed that you had this daze and loss look on your face. Like, I was mistreating you or abusing you or something. I'm like, what is happening? I'm working myself to death for this woman. And she's acting like I did something And I wrong. was just like, he's being mean. He's just being mean. How was I being mean? Just the way you were talking to me, just like, stop, just leave me alone. If you could just leave me alone. <laughs> like, and so yeah. that's what I was kind of my, what I was getting from it, you know. So uh, the first week of trying to understand your definition of cherish 
<laughs> yeah. I realized that wasn't it. <laughs> and then it did. It did give me some clarity because I thought, you know, like making flower beds in the yard and, you know, redoing a hill or fixing something in the house, you don't really even know those things need to be done. So you don't even, I guess you don't appreciate them. They don't make you feel loved. I mean, I appreciate them for sure, but like, do you have the definition of cherish or do you remember it? No, I got your definition the second week. Okay. No, but I'm just like the the definition in the dictionary. Because, I mean, I do appreciate those things, but as far as like my needs, I feel like as a woman and as a wife. Well, it just means to hold fondly and think, you feel like you're loved and valued and yeah, all things. to be seen, to be known. It sounds so cheesy, but. And actually, yeah. I have to say, the whole cherish thing, when they were saying that, yeah. I was like, pfft. Need to be cherished, it's totally fine, okay? But I think I have realized that I do actually need that more than I more than I even realized I needed that. Yeah. So last week I decided to try a different definition, and it was really from the guy that did the material. He was saying, you know, like just walk up to your wife and give her a tender touch. And then <laughs> then don't try to have sex, just turn around and walk away. And I was like, that goes against everything in your brain. It doesn't seem like it means anything. But I have, last week, I felt like I made myself seven or eight times a day just stop and touch you or give you a kiss. And, like, I saw your, your eyes light up. You're like, ooh, I like the tongue in the mouth. <laughs> James. <laughs> That's what you stop. said. No, I did not. Yes, you did. I don't remember saying that. Yes, you did. I don't remember saying that. You were like, ooh. That. It was one morning when you were getting ready for school. You were like, ooh. Or you might have said, Okay, ooh, this I'm... is the for real real, but let's like. Let's don't get too real. Okay, but anyways, the definition of that I learned from you to be cherished is that you need like tender touches. And I, <laughs> tender touches. And that's not my... It's not my strong. I'm not a good tender toucher. <laughs> yeah. But I can learn how to do it. And patience and words, too. Yeah, patience yeah, and words, words guys. <laughs> so, and I have to say that this last week, you didn't tell me you were doing those things. Yeah. And I honestly didn't even each time think, oh, he's giving me a tender touch now or he's cherishing. That didn't come to my mind. It was more when I reflect, like, okay, think about last week. Like, yeah, that was a good week. Like, I felt you felt, I loved. felt really loved and appreciated, so that was really, really neat. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole end of the game, Yeah, I think. So that's been good. I learned that, but I'm still, like, learning stuff. But they gave you something to work on this week that you need to learn. So this week, yes, <laughs> I am working on... Um, well, let me say this first. They said that, that a woman <laughs> needs, and I'm just saying what they, I'm out of my notes. That okay. I took. They said a woman needs to be cherished and she needs tender touches. That helps her feel intimate with her husband. But that a man needs to be respected and he needs his wife to do something with him. Like if he's a runner, to run with him, or if he's a, a you know, whatever he's doing. A yard worker. Well, I'm like a yard you are. Work. Yeah. <laughs> I know you like to, to do yard. something with them and an activity. Yeah. And when they told they brought that up like that's what you needed to do, I was like, Haley is not gonna come out and work in the yard with me. I mean, I automatically said that, but maybe you will. We'll see. This is for real real. <laughs> Haley but don't like to sweat. She said we That is do. not true that I don't like to sweat. You don't like outdoor sweating. Okay. I just don't like the bugs. Like I like walks and runs and like workouts outside. I just you don't. don't like I mean, 
they feel good. I don't like bugs. I mean, I, as much as I want to say I'm an outdoors person, I'm just not. You're not. Haley um, told me that we could go camping as long as we could stay in a hotel. No, I did not. <laughs> yes, you did. Golly, you yes, are like you misquoting all over the I'm place. Not. Yes, hey, you are. Lou want to go camping, and you say, I'll go camping as long as we can stay in a hotel. That is not true. <laughs> How do you stay in I a hotel I said I would do camping? one night, and as long as it was on a campsite that there was like a bathroom. No. You know that you could go. Okay, I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> okay. I've never heard that. I've never. Anyway, back to me and what my job was this week or yeah. my um, challenge or whatever was. Yeah, the activity to do something with you because that's when you'll start talking about you know things, how you're feeling, what's going on, and so. But he was saying that's because men and women are wired differently. Yes, Men but tend to do women want to be an experience. And so I am going to be intentional about thinking about doing things with you. But moreover, I think and I you know, haven't even said this to you, but just what I've gotten out of it mostly is just to I mean, you how you're wired, you do come off very harsh. Yeah. But like this last time or our last session we were in yesterday actually, mm-hmm. he said I mean, some of the evaluation that there's a lot of like grace and basically sweetness and softness be- behind your harshness. Who said that? Bob. Oh, with the assessment thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that is true. I, I like have experienced that as well. And I know that, but it's so hard for me to like just, I don't know, maybe just when you're saying things that I find a, offensive or hurtful or aggressive. My problem to like is— To stop and think like that is not how you mean it and think what's behind that and really receive it and try my, to My problem with that is I've, I'm better now than I've ever been. And, and I know where I've come from. Like even before I met you, I started learning years ago when I first became a restaurant manager— that it's one thing if a woman, if a woman tears up and cries, but if you make a man cry just over something you said to him that you didn't mean it, then you got a problem. And so I realized I got it. I got issues. I don't know what they are. Like I couldn't. So, I mean, I went through a season of trying to understand body language and tone of voice. And I don't mean to come across as a dick. <laughs> but when you're in like in, in the heat of the moment, when you're in the middle of a project and you're trying to get something done, you don't really just have time to talk about how you feel or worry about how people feel. Let's just get the work done and then we'll talk about it later. But I'm understanding now, eight years in being married, that that I got to do it different, and it's hard because I don't I don't fully understand how to do it different. But my kids are actually helping helping me understand that because the. You know, Lula, when she was born, she's always been, she's my tenderoni. Like, you don't you don't give her any harsh words or any, you have to be tender with her or she starts crying. And, you know, I want her to be tough, too, so I'm not going to go crazy with that. But you do learn better ways of communicating, better ways of talking. And, you know, my boys are like that, too. I got aggravated with Judah this week, and he said, Daddy. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> Stop hollering at me. Don't talk to me you like that. And then that. Royal one time, because we encourage our kids to tell us, like, if your feelings are hurt, let's talk about it and get it out. Let's don't just, because you matter. You're a part of the family. You matter. Um, you're not in charge of the family, but you, the way you feel <laughs> matters. And if we can talk it out, I think it's healthy. And we started that with Lula, and we've carried that on with our boys. And 
I remember Royal was crying over something. I couldn't figure out what he was crying about. And he said, Daddy hurt my feelings. And I said, well, how did Daddy hurt your feelings? And he said, with his mouth. <laughs> and it was, it was something the way I snapped at him or that was harsh. And, you know, if you go back to, if you look at the Enneagram, I'm a number one on the Enneagram. They come across as harsh and blunt. If you look on the disc profile, I'm a DC, which both of them carry harshness and bluntness. And, you know, I had a friend that did the disc profile with us that she's an expert. Like she does that or used to do it as a job. Mm -hmm. And remember, she said, oh, you're a DC. The only letters missing are the I and the K. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> well, thanks a lot. But she was like, no, no, this is how, how you're wired. You just have yeah. to figure out, you know, how to temper that. Yeah. So, so I think, like, I guess overall the biggest takeaway for me would be that, like, both of us have a part to play. And that's true. Like, no matter how much it feels like you are in the wrong or instigating or the majority, it's not true. Like, both of us, I mean, it may be true, but both of us have work to do yeah. and have to just kind of, I like what they said there, have to do some, like, self-evaluation because they said that from the beginning in this counseling. They are like, you need to, this is about you looking at yourself. Yeah, reflecting on and yourself. And not, not your like, looking at your spouse or what you know, needs to change or be different for you to be good, but what what can I change and you know, how do I need to evolve? So I really like that. It's been it's been very healthy. We've had some breakthroughs, even though it's been hard. It's been harder for you, not me. Yeah. I mean I just think it's, you know, making yourself vulnerable, like you said, to other people and really getting all the things out and evaluating and all that. So, so the quote he, he gave us was that your marriage can only be as healthy as you are individually. But then he said, you have to take that a step further and look in the mirror and say, my marriage can only be as healthy as I am. Right. So it, it, that's very it's not good. about you. It's about me. And it's been, it's, uh, this is the last thing I'll say I don't about it is that, but you do, I think there is some, you discover things, because I feel like I'm very self-aware. I pride myself in like I'm very self-aware, but through this process, mm -hmm. I've discovered things even about me and my feelings that have been covered up. Like, for example, I made a comment about, oh, I mean, I was kind of being funny making a joke, and I really thought it was a joke about, yeah, your your relationship with my parents, meaning my husband, James's relationship with my parents, is great. Since you know, there was well, often assessment, <clears throat> right? The assessment says, "How's your how's your relationship with your spouse's family?" And I said, "Parents, spouse's parents." And I said, "Great, like nine out of 10. And then you said, oh, "Well, it's easy for you to say that they're both in heaven; they're not here." Well, see, that's how you interpret it. But I was actually, to me, it was nothing against you. It was just about like I thought it was kind of funny since, and in in my mind, I was like, I guess maybe it was like cynical or like, yeah, they're in heaven. But really, when we started to unpack that, well, I got offended immediately. Right, and I didn't understand why you're offended because it because I, I didn't mean that. I was talking about the relationship that I had with your mom. And then what I knew of your dad. So I felt Okay, like we're going down the same road again. But my point is, to get to the main point of what I'm saying, is that it really was about the pain of me not having my parents here. Yeah. So it was nothing to do with you. It was nothing against you or, you know, like that was not my intention or what I felt at all. So then it, but even right, excuse me, there in the session, it created this 
conflict, but then when we kept, they kind of helped us keep. Well, they made us unpack it. Uncover it. Like it really was just a lot of pain there for me, just, you know, not having my parents. I can even get emotional just right now thinking about it. And it made me very, very emotional in the session, but to realize like I make statements like that, that I really like, I guess it's my way of dealing or something, but there really is things underneath those things. I think Linda said it best. She said, James, you need to understand when she makes comments like that. There's pain in her voice and there's pain behind that. And that can help me, you know, give you grace. But at the same time, I need to be interpreted like things that I say, I need them to be interpreted correctly or I need to find a better way to say it. Or like it almost feels like in those situations, you feel like accused of something that you didn't say or didn't mean or that was so far from the truth. And then, but if you back it up with a laugh, it's like, oh yeah, let's just, let's just do a ha ha. And then everything is okay. But I don't, that feels passive aggressive to me. I don't really. When it really had nothing to do with you, but like, and I don't, I don't think I even realized the pain that was underneath that comment. Yeah. Know? And it's true. That is a lot of pain. And I know it is. So. All right. Well, how can we uh, get better? I mean, how is this helping anybody but us talking about it? Everybody's always dealing with something. There's, yeah. I don't think there's any time in anybody's life where you're not because it's part of life. It's dealing with issues. Right. You know, I used to have a friend that say said we work, 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 work to try to get all our ducks in a row. And then after we get our ducks in a row, we want them to quack at the same time. And it just never happens. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so it's like I've that, never heard that before. That fantasy of a fantasy of a perfect anything is not going to happen. It's just... As issues come up, you deal with them, you learn, you keep going. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this season, we've been forced to deal with our issues in ways that we wouldn't have been if I was away from home eight to ten hours a day working. That's true. So I'm That's thankful very true. for this. This is good. This is making us better. Yeah. So how would you tell people to get help if they needed help? i just go get help. <laughs> <laughs> no, just go talk to someone you trust, you yeah. know, someone that, you know, is not going to just— Tell everybody else your business. Yes, and that's, yes, uh, that's huge. Just even a good friend, I think, you know, that that will hear you out and, and you know will listen. All right, well, let's move on to uh, current events. Okay, gosh, there's a lot. So one thing that's heavy on my heart and mind today, just because I grew up in Florida mm-hmm. and we had a lot of them, is Hurricane Ida coming in over... Um, Louisiana. Yeah, and you know that's almost, I think they said 16 years or 15 years, I forget, 16 years to the day of Hurricane Katrina. Right, which was crazy. I mean, I so I grew up in Pensacola, Florida, like you said, and we, I mean, evacuated, I can say, a half a dozen times just growing up from my house, like where we had to leave. Here in Alabama, tornadoes are the thing, and that I had never experienced that before because yeah. tornadoes are fast and they come unexpected. But hurricanes, you know they're coming for the most part. Mm-hmm. You can see there's always plenty of time. I mean, there was, gosh, I remember one time we waited a little bit too late to evacuate because we lived on the bay um, in Pensacola, and so it was a dangerous place to be if a hurricane was coming right over you. Yeah. And we we packed up the car with, you know, pictures we wanted, like a cooler in the back with food and, um, 
even the cat, my grandmother. I mean, <laughs> it was like a Everybody's scene from a movie, but we yeah. eva- we got a, too much of a late start. Like the, the, the hurricane turned the last minute. When I say the last minute, like you have maybe six to eight hours and you see that it starts shifting somehow. Mm-hmm. But we caught, got caught in this traffic because there was one way out. Yeah. And we had to, ended up having to take this side road, like, and found this little church, like back in the middle of the woods, wow. where people were, um, you know, finding cover or whatever. And they had all the tables set out in the middle of the the what is not the congregation, the sanctuary. the auditor, the sanctuary. Yeah. It was a small church, and everybody was under the tables. So we all got under the tables for days. Um, no, just like as it was coming over for hours, though, for oh, wow. several hours, because. You know, hurricanes can be moving kind of slow sometimes. So, mm-hmm. and there's tornadoes that can spin out of the hurricanes. So we were under there, yeah, several hours. Um, and it's just scary, and it can be devastating. And I don't know, my heart just is. I I, I know that it can be hard because I've experienced it. Well, my thoughts on that: every time we have a hurricane, I watch people trying to evacuate. Is why don't y'all move? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. I couldn't. That is too unstable of a life to know that you know at least once or one, is it once a year you have hurricanes? Well, there's a hurricane season. You, I mean, you could have more than one. You oh could have gosh. none. It just depends. It's like, take my house for me one time. I'm moving to Montana. I'm out. I mean, <laughs> I'm going. But I, I did. I lived through one hurricane when I was in prison in Florida. When I was at BCI, I think it was Hurricane Opal. And mm-hmm. it came right over us. Yeah. And I was uh, doing part of the food service there, helping with that, and we had to feed everybody in the dorm. But it was like it came, they got us out of the dorms and in the kitchen, like in the middle of the night because it was coming, and we had to prepare like three three meals for the day. And it was, we worked and worked and worked, and we came out, and it was over. And it was like, oh, well, that wasn't that bad. And but I'd never felt the winds like that. Like the wind was lifting you up, and you could feel yourself like being picked up, and it was crazy. But I had been up all night cooking, and I went back to my dorm to sleep, and it was over. So I thought it was over. When I woke up, it was back on again. And they said, "No, no, you, you thought it was over. That was the eye of the storm." Was exactly. Over. I was like that is crazy. Yeah. But it then, gets totally calm. Yeah, no, it was like it was over. It was like, yeah, okay, this is over, but it wasn't over. It still had a whole another mm-hmm. whole other half oh, coming at gosh, you. Gosh, it was yeah. horrible. But uh, I, I get shocked at people that don't leave. I, I, something about that just bothers boggles my brain because I was watching the news last night, and the, I'm not sure if it was the mayor of New Orleans or FEMA or somebody, but she was talking to the people that live on those outlying islands outside of New Orleans. And she said, if you're there, hunker down, because we're not coming to get you. We try to get you to get out, and we can't. There's going to be no coming out there. Why would you stay? I mean, I just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of reasons. You don't want to leave your house. You feel like you're prepared. Yeah. Um, you have hurricane shutters. I mean, you, you have things in place, I guess, but you just never know, you know, what part of the storm is going to Kind wow. of hit. And every storm is so different, you know? It's crazy. I mean, yeah, Opal, I remember that one very well, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know why people don't leave. I can. So, my dad made us evacuate a couple times. He was a state farm agent. So, he wanted to stay back to try to help people, like his, his insured. Yeah. yeah. But even though I remember one of them, my mom was very stressed and not like that, but he just insisted on staying. By uh, so? 
by himself. Yeah, yeah. he sent us on and then mm. um, stayed. So I don't know. I think people have different reasons for that. Yeah, I, I don't understand it truly either, but. It's crazy. All right, the other thing is, uh, just piggybacking off last week, we talked about leadership fumbles and the current situation with our commander-in-chief and the way the situation was handled in Afghanistan. Uh, We taped that last week. I think it was Thursday or Friday. Well, it was the next day after we taped that the bombing, the suicide bomber. Yeah. And so our men had and women. Where we lost 12 Marines. Right. 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. So is that that had not happened when we recorded, and that happened the very next day. Yeah, which that, my heart is broken. Uh, yeah, and I don't. I just I can't look at it. I can't. I just I just can't put my mind around any of that stuff anymore. And I just I just don't understand. And if that was one of my kids, if that was my son, I don't know what I would do. I don't think I would be comforted. I think I would want. You don't think you could be comforted? No. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and seeing some of the, I have looked at a lot of and read a lot about the men and women who did die. And it is, it is hard. They were young. Yeah, they're babies. It was just heartbreaking and seeing them hold babies. And I just, it is very hard to reconcile that in my mind. Yeah. And knowing, just knowing that it didn't have to be like that. So uh, that's really all I got to say about that. We, uh, Haley always says that she has more empathy than me, which is true. But when things happen that are bad, I tend to not want to look at it. Like, I need to be, I need to separate myself from that. I need to, and I know it's an issue, but I just, I can't. It's painful. But you will study out everything about a person and cry and do all things. And yeah, I definitely, well, actually, for this morning, for the first time, looking on, social media it was something to do with that and the story in the face i was just like i can't even it was making me so emotional i couldn't even like like you (laughs) i couldn't look at it usually i want to learn because i want to understand and know and like feel you know feel well i finally got to a place last night where i looked at all 13 looked at their faces and their names and prayed for them and their families so i mean but it takes me time to get there i can't i don't I don't like that, especially just how we got here. You know, how how, how did we get here <laughs> in our nation? And we're, we're the United States of America. This is, I don't know. Yeah. I hate it. Hate it. You hate it. I, I think we got it. I do. And I do hate it, too. And, and it's just trying to figure out, well, maybe not figure, maybe I just need to leave it alone because there ain't nothing I can do about it. I can, my authority and Things that I can do have to do with myself and my family and, you know, my community. So it's just, it feels like we're back in 1978, 79. Jimmy Carter was president. And I was six or seven years old at that time. And I remember my meemaw, she was a simple country woman saying, Oh, he was a good president. Carter, he's a good man. He's a good man, but he's a bad leader. He's not, he's not a good president. And he wasn't, he was horrible because he, he didn't have any like leadership ability. And I feel like we're back to that now. And hopefully this will get us back to a place we need to be, whatever happens next. I don't, I'm sure the American people are not going to let this be our status quo for long. We never have before. But honestly, I read a thing on, Jimmy Carter, like how he got elected, 
If it hadn't have been for the disaster during the Nixon administration and Watergate and the cover-ups and you know him having to resign, it, it, he never would have been able to be elected president because just because of who he was. He was the governor of Georgia. He's a peanut farmer. He was a good man. He's a Christian. He's a Jesus follower. You know all the things, which are all good things. But the nation was so exhausted with the stuff that happened during the Nixon years, and then with you know, Ford becoming president and pardoning Nixon. And it's just people didn't trust, so they went that way. But then, you know, it didn't take but four years for everybody to figure out, this ain't where we want to be. This ain't where we, we don't need to go this way. And then, you know, Ronald Reagan came up. And I think <clears throat> part of the status quo that we've gotten to now with our current administration is because of some of the things that happened during the Trump administration. You know, it was... Uh, what do you mean by that? There were there were ways that he made fed conspiracy theories and made disasters that didn't have to be like that. It just didn't have to be like that. And then the COVID thing, and you know, I'm not saying he did anything. I thought he did a great job the whole time, but there were a lot of disasters as far as the way he fed uh, conspiracy theories, the way he isolated people, and just just polarizing in his leadership, even though he was doing good things. It led to this. Like, we can't, that's not the way to lead. Like, we don't lead. I mean, we can if we want to, but it's not going to bring the results that we desire. I mean. Well, here's what I'm going to say. You remember the movie Miss Congeniality? No. <laughs> you don't? I, I know the movie. I don't watch it. Okay, well, flicks. anyway, they made fun of beauty pageants and how in the past, like, every, like, the they would ask the contestants a question. Yeah. And they made fun of, like, almost every contestant said, well, I just want world peace. <laughs> I've heard Well, that. now I can see why everyone was saying that. Yeah. Because <laughs> we do come, like, oh. you know, just even hearing you talking, I'm like, oh, can everyone, can we just get some peace in this place? Like, across the board, like, yeah. within America, with people, like... Of all the subjects at hand, vaccination, mass, COVID, like Afghanistan, it's just like... It's a mess. Let's give me some peace. Jesus. Really, the only way to do that is to detach from it and do something else. Yeah. And I've, I've pretty much been doing that. I haven't watched a lot of news this week. Yeah. I, don't, I can't. I can't watch this over and over. I yeah. Can't, I can't. I mean, I want to know what's happening, but I don't... I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So... Well, one thing that I always just makes me feel better, I know I've mentioned it before, but it's just uh, when I understood it and learned it and heard it, it just stuck with me about seasons is that life just on all fronts goes through seasons. And so when you're in a tough place, a tough season, you know, I mean, you can find hope and in that the season will come to an end. It will, mm-hmm. eventually. That's true. That's good stuff. <laughs> and when you're in a great season, like a light, easy season, to just, like, enjoy it and take it in because you know that, you know, seasons are going to cycle in, cycle out. Winter's coming. Yep. So, anyway. <laughs> Enjoy the summer. I'll leave you with that. And I think you, well, we have some things we want to talk about to close this thing out. Well, we need to do a Haleyism and Jamesism. I think my biggest one this week, and it you know it kind of goes with this episode. It was in counseling where I was trying to trying to communicate just how I think. Like if we're doing a project, I'm all about let's talk about the project on the front before we start the project. Let's talk talk it out. You know, come up with a plan. 
but then let's work the plan. But if we need to talk about something, let's talk about it on the end. Like let's, and that's gotten me in trouble a lot with you because I'm like, I don't want to keep changing the plan. We're not going all over the place. Like, right, because I view it as you not being flexible. <laughs> yes, but I'm like, okay, we have a plan. Let's work the plan. And if we need to talk about it or tweak it on the other side, let's do it then. But you're more spontaneous where you can just go all over the place. Um, it's kind of like on our honeymoon when – we we had we had a set of bikes. You've already talked about this. I have not. <laughs> I see not you have. on this platform. I think so. But go ahead. Okay, I remember you. Okay, usually, go ahead. I usually do not remember. We had bikes that were part of our package for our honeymoon cottage at Seaside. Mm-hmm. And you want to ride bikes or riding bikes, and I'm letting you lead, and I'm following you. I'm like, this is her world. This is where she grew up. I don't know nothing about Florida, and as I was following you. On the bikes, you would like take sharp left, sharp right. Like I'm, I'm almost wrecked several times. I'm like, what's happening? But I realized then I cannot let you lead me. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to lead you either. But we need to be going in tandem because you will take me places I don't want to go. Well, I think what's interesting about that is that both of us have the um, strength, like in the strength finder of strategy. Yeah, which is so interesting because. We're both very strategic, but we approach that gift so differently because you come up with a strategy and plan execute, whereas I can be in the plan and then like, you know, we get two steps in and I'm like, "Mm, I see like a better way or faster what I think is going to be a more efficient way. And I can like switch gears like really fast because we both have the strategic because yeah. if you don't know what the strength finders is it's your top five strengths yeah so we both have we're both strategic and have strategy but then our strengths behind that mine is context which right. means i'm gonna make my strategy based off what i already know mm-hmm. what i've learned or what i've seen other people go through right Yours is futuristic, so you're going to base your strategy on where you want to be. That's so funny because I've never <laughs> thought of it like that, like yeah. you just said it, like because I have been aware that we both have strategy, yeah. but we approach that so differently. But that is a very interesting. I it think is, it's but true. That we need each other. Like, yeah. So if we can come 50-50, then we're good. Yeah. But uh, anyways, back to my ism. I yeah. realized during counseling, like trying to talk this out, because you like to stop and talk about stuff and it frustrates me was that if I will stop and let you know that I hear you and that you heard, it can cut all the talking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So I just got true. excited. I'm like, hold up, can you say that again? Cause, and, and it was the, the Linda that said it. She was like, if you'll stop and let her know that she's heard, then she won't have to keep talking. Then that's going to cut the talking out. And I was like, <laughs> yes, let's cut the talking out and get the doing done. So that's my Jamesism for this week. Um. Yeah, easier said than done, though. Yeah, (laughs) true, true. Um, Well, I mean, kind of, I guess mine would be in that same vein is that before we were ever married, I remember moved here, you know, I've always been into the assessment things, but one of the ones that I took um, with my good friend Charity, she said, when she called me with the, like, I guess the results Results. or whatever, Mm -hmm. she said, you know, you're like in the one percentile of like that you think basically that you know everything or better than <laughs> she's like so that you could do anything. And James said this and I think she used a similar example. Like I could be I mean I have no medical background. I mean I have no medical training. I have no none of that. Can I say what I told you? This was in a conflict. Well yeah, go ahead. And I told you, I said, I feel like 
this was over like yard work and the man equipment that you feel like you can go out and start cutting down trees or doing stuff with power tools. And I said, babe, honestly, why can't you let me be the man and do the man stuff? And you're like, I can do it. I can do it. It's like, I'm like, I don't think you can't, but you don't have any training in that. You don't know anything about it. Why would you think that you know how to do that? And I said, I feel like if I was a brain surgeon and I was operating on someone's brain, that you would come alongside me and try to help and tell me that you could do it too. And that's true. And you said, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's not that. But you couldn't. But that's I crazy. think that I. I feel like if I observe something, like I can kind of figure it out quickly. Yeah. Not all of it, but le- at least enough to like, mm, maybe we should do this, change this, do this differently. And that I think that I can figure it out and do something better or at least be helpful in pretty much any situation. <laughs> well, you can be <laughs> Which, helpful, but my thing with that is why would you even try to help me? Hold on. You but make here's it worse. the deal. Here's the deal. Just like anything else, I feel like this can be a great strength, which it is, Mm -hmm. or it can be a great weakness, which it also is. And that, like you said, I come in and I just, it's not, maybe it is pride, I don't know, but like, I just feel like I can figure it out. Like, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, which is the strength part of it, because that propels me forward. I had one person tell me one time, and he was saying that it wasn't, like, he was saying it in a very negative way. Mm-hmm. He's like, the pro- actually, he said, the problem with you is, is that you always see yourself way further along than you actually are. <laughs> and I took, I took offense to that. Yeah. And, but then when I was talking to somebody about it, like, later that it offended me, they said, well... That's actually a compliment. I think that's what drives you forward, why you're able to like get so much yeah. done, because you do see yourself further along than you are. So that's a good thing. But he saw it as a negative thing because it can be, you know, it can be a weakness. Well, I know the person that said that to you, and he was critical of you. No right, what, and, so. that, and that's true, too. But I think it falls in this same category of what we're yeah. talking about, is that I just think that I... It's not that I think I'm better. I just think that no matter what the situation, even if I have no background experience or whatever, mm-hmm. that I could probably be helpful. <laughs> Which is she's going to try to figure it out, but I can easily take offense to that because I'm a man, and I t- I think I finally got through you last time we had this big argument. I said Jesus gave you a husband that already knows how to use power tools. It I- still makes me want to roll my eyes when you say that, though. I have to be honest. I mean. <laughs> Not that I don't, I mean, I agree with it, and I'm very grateful, and you do, but I still am like, I can still help. Well, I, okay. can, I can still hang <laughs> pictures in the house, but you won't let me do that either. So. Also true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's meet me halfway on that. All right. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we're to then. We have a few announcements to make. Uh, September 7th, Season 4 of the Straight Out of Prison podcast will be premiering. But also, this is a new season for Team Jones because we got a lot of new stuff coming. You want to talk about that? Yes. Team Jones Media, which is pretty much, you know, what we're what we've been doing already and building up and yeah. working on. But we've just realized that it's more what, than just one podcast or even is, two podcasts. This is what we're supposed to be doing. So it's kind of scary, but we're pretty much this is the lane that we're gonna focus on. The way I see it, probably for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Um, or unless, you know, the season changes. So basically, we're going all in with the podcast, with the media world. Um, 
we're going to be making some changes to our Patreon platform. We want to let all our patrons know before we let everybody else know. The For Real World will be on its own platform, just like Straight Out of Prison and Nair in the Gap. So we'll have three main podcasts. What have I found out about the way I'm doing the Nair in the Gap? I'm sharing the 12 keys of life after prison. But there's so much more that we could do with that. That we're hashtag better together. We are. I just, <laughs> it, it, people, are, people are listening to it. I'm getting feedback, but I, I don't like it. I listen to it. And there's some kind of dynamic when you have two people carrying on a conversation. For sure. And it almost feels like I'm reading bullet points and I don't like it. And I'm not reading bullet points. I'm talking, but it's like, it's almost like teachy or preachy or something. I don't know. I don't like it. So we're going to be modifying that. I'm going to finish, you know, that first season and then we're going to redo it together, mm-hmm. the 12 Keys. And then, but that's also going to be the, the Team Jones podcast where we talk about, you know, team building and just life strategies and all the good stuff that we've learned. Then uh, For Real Real will have its own platform. We feel like the for real real needs to be on a platform free for everyone, and with that, we know that was we created the for real real for the Patreon platform, so we're redoing the Patreon platform totally. So with season four coming, all of our podcasts are going to have ads because that's how we're going to be able to do it for free, right? Yes. But if you don't like ads, you can you can join us on our Patreon platform, download the Patreon app, and look up Team Jones Media. You're going to find many new levels of, of subscriptions, but all levels are going to have one feature. You'll get early access to all of our podcast platforms, and they're completely free from ads. So that's the Straight Out of Prison podcast, the For Real Real, and There in the Gap. I'll be on there early and ad-free, but there's going to be way more to it than that. We're going to be adding some behind-the-scenes stuff where you can see what's really happening. We're going to start doing live stream Q&As. We're going to have exclusive bonus. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I need water. We're going to have bloopers. We're going to have a blooper reel. I have it on there. We're going to have exclusive bonus content, downloads. You'll get unpublished episodes, unedited episodes, blooper reels. We're also going to be adding in reflection tools, leadership hacks. Yes. Also, there's going to be recipes and cooking videos. Mostly from me, but Haley can cook some stuff. Well, I mean, (laughs) maybe like four things. So, But anyways, we're going to be totally transforming that, that platform. But we want the Patreon subscribers to know first. So tell me what behind the scenes looks like. You say they're going to get exclusive look to behind the scenes. What is behind the scenes? Well, we don't know how to do video, so we haven't been doing a lot of that. But we have had some people come alongside us to try to help us with that. We're going to start doing video stuff, but it's going to be on our Patreon feed. And you're going to, you want to see some of these videos because they're (laughs) pretty entertaining. (laughs) Just say. Yes, they are. <laughs> but uh anyways, if if you're listening to this and it's not on the Patreon, you don't know what this is, you can look up the Patreon app, download it, look up Team Jones Media, or you can head over to teamjones.co slash podcast and click on the become a patron button. If you want to advertise your business on our podcast, we would love to explore that with you and see if you're gonna be a good fit. Um, you'll be hearing more of those coming up in season four, and we're super excited about that. And again, thank you guys for being a part of our story. Oh, I like that.
Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Written and produced by the Team Jones Company. Yours truly, James and Haley Jones. If you're interested in advertising with us, head over to teamjones.co and click the Join Forces button. We've redesigned our media kit with some exciting new details. If you'd like more information about being a sponsor, email me, Haley, Haley at teamjones.co. That's not .com. The best way to support us is by telling your friends and family about the podcast. Other ways to support us is by liking and sharing the podcast and giving us a review. Well, as long as you think we did good. (laughs) Or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all your support, all your encouragement, and thank you for being a part of our story. All right, guys, y'all show some love to the sponsors of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. Our friend Keely Brown runs her family-owned HVAC Home and Commercial Services. Is your system ready for the summer? Schedule a system checkup or reprogram your thermostat. They offer residential and commercial, at home or at work. They really do what they say, and they say what they do. Our family serving your family has been their core value since day one. Their founder and owner, Mr. Robert Holland, made sure the foundation of home and commercial services was and is integrity. Now, remember, Haley, we, we catered an event last December where he was a part of the group that we were feeding. But it was interesting to learn that when he was a young man, when he first started in the HVAC business, Mr. Holland actually got in trouble with, for not adding new parts that the people didn't need. And they were like, why didn't you sell the parts? And he was like, because I could fix them. And they were like, no, no, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. Like, you just got to put new parts. And he was like, but they didn't need new parts. And it bugged him so much that he went out and started his own business. And that's the foundation of home and commercial services. And we can attest to that personally. I mean, they've done so much stuff for us. It's crazy. I love that story. And I think it speaks to, obviously, his integrity and what he's built his business on that integrity. Right now, the most economical service they offer is their annual residential service agreement. For $150, you'll get two annual checkups, and that's for one system. If if it's an additional system, it's 25% off. Anyways, the annual contract includes priority service, normal rates for after-hour service, 10% discount on any repairs, and a 5% discount on any new installations. It's a good deal especially with the heat of the summer coming. Home and Commercial Services works on all name brands of heating and air conditioning units, gas furnaces, heat pumps, walk-in coolers, and smart thermostats. No job is too big or too small. Call or text Keely at 205-798-0635. Or you can email at office at hollandhcs.com. You can look up Holland Home and Commercial Services on Instagram for daily tips and more. Or you can check out their website, hollandhcs.com. We have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast. Lynn and Debbie Hurst are on Hurst Towing and Recovery in Fultondale and Hayden, Alabama. They serve the Jefferson, Blunt, and surrounding counties. They tow light and heavy-duty vehicles, and they're always there to help. We wouldn't call anybody else. We would never call anybody else, and that's a fact. Would you like to work for an amazing company that treats their employees like family? The Hearst are hiring. Full and part-time positions. Give them a call today. Hearst Towing is there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They've been in our area since January of 1987. They have a heart to serve and they love making an impact in the communities they grew up in. The Hearst definitely make a difference in our world. And they have definitely made a difference in our lives. Dispatchers are always ready to receive calls at 205-631-8697. That is 205-631-TOWS. T-O-W-S. <laughs> you, get, you get me every time I with the toes. <laughs> <laughs>
Or check out their website at hearsttowing.com. Now, y'all know James from the podcast, but he also is an amazing cook and private chef. I can attest to that personally. I've had many years of experience in food, just working in, managing, and even owning a couple restaurants. One of his greatest passions is preparing delicious food. You know, if somebody's going through something or through a hard time and you don't know what to do, you can always cook for them. Head over to ChefJamesKJones.com to join our email list. Once you do that, you can stay updated on everything that we're doing.